Rock and roll, baby. That's right. Welcome to episode number 65 of the Student Manager. It's Fonger News, and I'm in the... This is a office that someone could just sit and admire. Coach Bruce Rawlinson in his 32nd year head coach at Modern Day. I'm talking to a legend. You know how many people have asked? I can't wait till that podcast drops. <laughs> All right. Well, can we wrap it up now and uh, right. just go with Check. the introduction? We're on yeah. out. So obviously the college search and admission process, we're helping high school students and parents with this selection process. And a lot of people right now, right? It's getting deferred, getting waitlisted. It's springtime. Sure. And, and, and I know everyone wants to talk football and, and most of your interviews are about football, but you've seen so much, not only with your daughters and your family, but with some of the players too. If someone was just listening to this for like a minute or two minutes, about the whole college search and admission process from high school to college, what advice would you give them? You've seen a lot. No, you know what? Uh, the first thing <clears throat> to the parents, the best investment you can make is in your child. And you have to figure out a way financially to make their dream come true. And I truly believe that. I, I, I believe that any economic level can still make that dream come true. But you have to do investigation. You have to find out what financial aid is available. And yes, you may have to take a bath on the front end. And, but yet your, your student is the primary importance to you. And, you know, there, there are parents that say, well, I want to live my life, too. Yep. And sorry, the vacations might get shut down. The new car might get shut down. But it's your child. And I think you have to keep that uh, in, 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 foremost in your mind and, and adjust your lifestyle. Yeah, you, you know, it's a sacrifice. I'm not going to sit here and say this thing isn't cheap. And it's going to continue to increase. I sit here and think about five grandchildren. What, what's that going to be like 15 years from now when Matthew, my grandson, is, is starting to think about going to college? God only knows what it'll cost. But I don't care. It, you know, whether it's 15 years ago or today or 15 years from now, we have to invest in our children. We have to make their dreams come true. If they've invested four years of academics and have the ability to continue that education, it's up to us as parents to facilitate that. The second thing is to the student who is sitting there, not just the helmet heads that I have or the athletes, but the student. You have to prepare now. You have to get to work as a freshman. And everything that you do, not to be totally obsessed, but you have to take care of business in the classroom. That doesn't mean you have to become some freaky academic kid that has no life. No, you still go to the dances, you still go to the parties, okay? You still have fun, but you never lose sight of your goal and where you want to go or the band of schools that you'd love to get admitted to and you have to know what is it going to take for me to get in there academics 
There's no compromising it. You know, you don't need 9 million professional tutors and all that stuff. Did you hear that, followers and listeners? You do, we, do, we, we do have people doing a lot of outside tutoring. Sure they are. testing. Sure they are. Or even if you go to sports. No. Extra work in the football or basketball, whatever you want to do just to get to that next level. But see, kids can't hang their hat. There's only a limited number of kids that are going to get four-year rides. And, and you have to have your fallback, which is your academics, your resume, your community service, your leadership opportunities, if that's what you're interested in. Uh, Catholic school like us, your campus ministry uh, involvement, you've got to build a resume, okay? You don't have to go crazy, but what is going to separate you from all the other 4.0s? And, and, and it is a process. And I've watched parents, you know, it's like they're going to college. Right. And they, and they become overbearing. And, and we've got to have ACT tutors. And we've got, you know what, I, I just, okay, I think you still have to say, all right, there is a college out there. The, if you ever look at a map, okay, especially east of the Rocky Mountains, there are so many colleges, great colleges, that have boatloads of financial aid money, boatloads of grants that are available to the student, not just the student athletes. All of my guys, let's face it, Farger, they all come in and think they're going to USC. They all come in and think they're going to, to UCLA. It's not the case, but there are schools for those. Take the five-star guys. Take take my top guys out of that. They are going to four-year schools. But I have a band of kids that can play college football who have the academics, but they have to be willing to dial it back down out of the out of the tier one, and and start to realize that you still get to play the great game of football. Right, something get, they love. Yeah. So let me ask you this, how do you get, because, and I was going to ask you this, ever since, even before we got to know each other yeah. really well, obviously you went to USC, yeah, right, graduated from modern day, there's a pipeline to USC, it feels like there's like the, the love affair of USC, everyone wants to go to <laughs> USC, and, and there's what you said, there's over 400 Division One colleges out there, yeah. not to mention D2, D3, yeah. NAIA, so... Kevin and I were talking about that, just finding the right fit or talking, forget student athlete, just finding the right fit outside of maybe Southern California. Here's, here's my thing, okay, my disclaimer first. Okay. I would never tell a kid where to go to college, okay? okay? But you got one of the top academic schools 30 miles away, okay? And there's a lot of comfort staying close to home. Okay, and Fonger, if they go to SC, sure. I, you know, I shut the door and I go, all right, good. He's going to be a Trojan because I know how great the university is. But I get just as excited if they pick UCLA or Washington or wherever they go because I've sent them all over the nation. Because always remember, a coach, that's the first person they call if they're unhappy. You never want that star athlete to call back and say, well, you told me to go here. Exactly. You know, so that's my disclaimer. Wherever they choose, I'm going to support them. The second part of this thing is you na you're nailing it on the head. Okay, go to a school, get a great education, no matter what that school is. Okay, and 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 play the great game of football. Because look, you're a businessman. Seriously, 
Do you look at their GPA out of college and how much bearing, I'm putting the pressure on you here, how much bearing do you put on where they graduated from? Fuck no. I'm going to tell you exactly what I tell every student and every parent. First, and and I want your feedback on this, coming out of high school, I said college, go start something, finish something. At the end of the day, doesn't matter what you majored in. What you need to major in is is networking and meeting the right people. So when you graduate, no one's gonna care. What I personally look for, I look for people that were student athletes. Someone that can start something, finish something, that can compete and hustle. But I tell my kids this all the time, and and not only my kids, but their friends. I was in Washington last week, I'm going to Madison this weekend. Network, try to get out and talk to as many people as you can. No, and, and what you're saying is you gotta be a grinder. Grinders are successful. Cut the crap, okay? We, you and I know, 4.2, I graduated from, I don't want to mention a school because I'll get bagged on, but a top academic school, but I had no life at that school. I did nothing. And now I'm sitting on my 4.2 GPA thinking that my diploma is going to get me that job. And here comes the student athlete or here comes the networking kid who maybe was a 3.0 when he graduated or maybe a 2.5 like right. like Rolo okay Blue collar yeah. but he comes in he, he he's he just he can sell himself you're going hey you know what this this fits in my business Sure, you and I know Ivy League, they're going to go to Wall Street, they're going to go to Chicago, okay? And, and But that's an Ivy League education. But even the Ivy Leagues are going to look at when those kids come out, who knows who, you got to play the game. It, it, it hasn't changed since I was there. I remember when I was going through my final year at USC, and I was, I was honored but I didn't understand. Procter and Gamble, Xerox back in the day, they're all coming to me saying, we want to hire you. And I'm going, I'm I'm just barely above a two point. Why would you want to hire me? And they said, because you've played in front of 90,000 people. You know what pressure's all about. Okay, you've been on TV. You've done interviews. You're comfortable. You've been around top people. That's what it's all about. But again, it came down to my personality, how, how I could sell myself and present myself. And that's, it. followers and listeners, if you're listening to Coach Rollo, I mean, he has over 300 wins, seven CIF, seven section titles, three state championships. You've sent over, we've talked about this, I think every year you average almost 6.5 major D1 scholarships a yeah. year. If you did the calculation, that's 50 million plus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a lot of knowledge and wealth. And you have your two daughters. I mean, Caroline and Catherine graduated here. And you're right, you have your grandchildren that are going to be coming through. So you're thinking about that college search and admission <laughs> process, and and they all can't play football. No, exactly. And go back to the two girls, okay? Yes. People say to me, why are you working? I'm going to be 72 in two weeks, okay? Well, I had to pay for that college education, and I knew when, when, when they decided on their universities, one at Notre Dame, one at SC, Catherine being the SC, Caroline going to Notre Dame, I knew that that would take a while to pay off. And then, come on, listeners, I got two girls, you know. The, the, the budget of the weddings, that got thrown out on right. about the third day. <laughs> 
<laughs> but but those are my children, and that's all I care about. Okay, that's all I care about. Now I sit back, I watch two great mothers. Okay, I watch two highly successful. One a businesswoman, one a tremendously successful elementary school teacher, and I go, great investment, Bruce. Way to go, buddy. And one's very involved in the football program. Yes. Correct? Yes. I'm assuming that's the businesswoman. Yes. <laughs> right? And I mean, she kind of helped. We talk about just in the, what you've seen and the changes in the last five, ten years. When I was coming to the modern day games without any kids, I mean, you guys, it was like the Matt Grittigodes, right? And the Matt Leinerts. And then there was a little fall off. Yeah. Let's just be honest. Yeah. There was a fall yeah. off of modern day football. And fortunately, Julia's experienced four great years with JT Daniels, and now Josh was coming in with Elijah. Like, what changed? What happened? Because now my followers and listeners are probably saying, modern day, here's what I always hear, and I, and, and I know my answer because we know the same best friend. It's like, oh, you guys recruit, you recruit, you recruit. Yeah, whatever. I mean, yeah, okay. I, I always tell them, it's, no, there's need assistance, financial aid. It's, right? But let's talk about how you got modern day back to where. You know what, Fonger? It, it, I stepped back in 2011, and I, I looked at, I had gotten comfortable, okay? We, we were always right there, mm -hmm. league championships, second place, semifinals, but that wasn't satisfying me. And I did what you have to do as a businessman. We, we uh, did not go to the playoffs. And on Saturday morning, I didn't sleep a lot the night, you know, after I'm going, you know, I, it's the only year that modern day football in 32 years did not go to the playoffs. I was sitting at the desk behind me at about 530 in the morning. And I did what I was taught to do from people like you and my mentors. Get the legal pad out. What's good, what's bad. And it wasn't about firing people. It was about where did we fall off and i can tell you just the listeners would be more interested in this okay i i thought our strength program had deteriorated i hid from nutrition fonger hid from it because i didn't know anything about it and then social media okay i had no clue i mean to me it was delete 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 right okay sorry i didn't ever got your email and that's when I involved the girls especially. I said, bring me up to speed. And I didn't do this all in one day. I did this over a period of about 30 days where I said, okay, we're going in a different direction. <clears throat> and I also realized the top athletes were out there, but they're not in Orange County because the other high school programs, Edison, Mission Viejo, the public schools, right. and the Catholic schools, and throw in Orange Luther in there, everybody had come up to what I had in the 90s when I just totally dominated everybody, and everybody said it's recruiting, but the good coaches said, no, it's not recruiting. They're doing something different over there. And they started studying me, and, and I was open to that. Flip it around, okay? When I was rebuilding, I went up and sat with Jason, Jason Negro, and I said, all right, how are you doing this? And what I realized is what an old saying in football is, you're only as good as your Johnny and Joes. 
Okay, it doesn't matter whether Bruce Rollinson or Vince Lombardi was running. You have to have players. Okay, and the players were in the surrounding communities. They were in Riverside. They were in Murrieta. They were right. in Los Angeles. So now you build a plan legally to try to get those players to come to this great school because now you're also offering kids that would never have the opportunity to attend this great high school that opportunity thus the red zone kevin turner guys like that uh came in and and started mike trotter was huge in this my boy thing. trotter yep i my, just send this to trot yep <laughs> my boy trotter i mean that i just said okay how do we do this well it's financial. Modern Day does a tremendous job in their financial aid, okay? I mean, $7.5 million last year. Correct. But that's still, I have athletes that that gets them close. We have to supplement, okay, through a fund, which is legal, which we can give you the books. Nobody is on full scholarship at Modern Day High School. Everybody's got skin in the game. Every parent appreciates the fact that there's other schools that have their golden whatever and the, these kind of funds. I don't care what other schools do. I like what we do. I like the model we've built where we can now make it affordable for a family if they want to make that sacrifice of driving or, or however you get to school if you get here, we take care of you. Obviously, the standards have never changed. The discipline's the same. The commitment to modern-day football is the same. We've lost a few kids who felt like they were entitled. But we've really, I mean, I can success story after success story. Absolutely. I mean, we've seen it. And your model is amazing because you, you just reiterated and punctuated what I know about the red zone yeah what i know about the boosters and the donors and here i am trying to help dan down the hall build that same type of program model yeah. and i tell gary the same thing i'm like look at how they're getting this additional extra money yeah but you know football is a different complete engine we talk about the cost right i mean i think the last thing we just did at ursini's rib company you're talking about your during COVID, the golf tournament, the golf tournament coming up yep. Monday, which I'm looking forward to. It's yes. going to be fun. But just that money to raise barely pays for the people that need the financial aid. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I've told people from day one, okay, parents aren't going to drive me out of this job. The kids aren't going to drive me out of this job. In private education, what will wear you down and beat you down is the finances. The finances just, it's constant. It's like a big black cloud over your head. And and I accepted that when I revamped the program. And and but that's where the 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 guys like Mike Trotter, people like yourself, okay, people who believe in the program, believe in Bruce Rollinson, like what he does, likes the way the program is run, and they say, Okay, I'm gonna give back. Okay, right. I want to help a Martin Salazar who came out of Nickerson Gardens. Okay, you know, I don't want to get into the details. That should tell you enough. Get him from Los Angeles to modern day every day. Martin is now sitting at Portland State on a full scholarship. That would have never happened. I don't even know if Martin would have even played high school football. We, we saw him in youth football legally. 
and we said, do you want an opportunity to come to a great high school? His mom, single mom, jumped on it, and she made the sacrifice. That's what it's all about. Now, people are going to flip that around. Oh, they just stockpile athletes. I don't care what people say. They sure pack the stands, though, don't they? They do. Okay, so that's a great transition because I was at the game on Friday night, and we could talk about that. Now, modern day had been involved, the tradition, the religion, the whole vision, right? Sitting in the stands, because normally I'm on the field, it's a complete different atmosphere because I felt, I'll say this on my podcast, I felt like I was in back at Long Beach (laughs) State, like all my, the the Samoans and the African Americans, right? And I'm like, okay, it's a little bit different than going to a volleyball game or a different modern day game, right? But I said, this is what Coach Rolo, he he has his players in. And it's funny when you drop my, when I drop Joshua off or we're, we're somewhere, I said, there's a 16 year old freshman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. They're just so big. You, this is a, I like to tell people in general, modern day is a low D1 to mid D1 college. It runs as a college. Yeah. yeah I mean, Fonger, I mean, you know, we are in the elite program of Nike. Now everybody's going to say, yo, of course, you know, now he's bragging about Nike. No, I'm not bragging about Nike. I'm saying Nike knows, okay. When I give you the perfect example, when Matt Barkley was the high school Gatorade National Player of the Year, okay, I was with the Nike rep. The picture that was used was Matt in a throwing position, but the hook right there was showing. <laughs> and the guy said, that's, all, that's why we do it, right there. Because that's going to be blasted out nationally. Let's cut through the chase. You want to play big-time football, you got to invest in big-time football. Our administration has made a commitment. They said, go national, Bruce. We already have the brand. Take the brand on the road. Now we went to Washington, D.C. with Bryce. And, And I was fortunate... Guys like Danny Thomas, okay, they DT held. In the house. Yeah, they held an event down at uh, Balboa, uh, uh, the Bay Club. Yes, I came flying in right after a practice, and it was just to raise additional money for DC trip. I wasn't going to take the kids. Now that that trip to show you how this thing works, that trip was financed by ESPN for the national television on Friday night. But they only give you X amount. I could have taken the kids in on a Thursday, spent the night Thursday night, played Friday, and got them out on Saturday. But I kept envisioning, okay, I've got, I, I did a, hand, a show of hands. I said, first of all, how many guys have ever been to Washington, D.C.? Probably a quarter of them, okay, out of 80, probably maybe 25 raised I can guess hand. who they were. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Then I, then I said, whoa, that surprised me. I said, all right, how many guys have never been on an airplane? Boom, up go the hands. I go, well, this is going to be interesting. And I can tell you great stories getting on the airplane. You know, they're all getting blankets and pillows. It's all the non-flyers. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> oh, wait, what's this? Yeah. I, I, I can't listen to this. I'm talking my phone. <laughs> exactly. But what I, I made the decision, be, and, and, and I called Danny, and I called uh, some other guys, and said, I want to bring them in on a Tuesday. I can't. We're coming in from the airport, say it's late Thursday afternoon. I didn't want to say, okay, look, look, look real quick on the right. There's the monuments. I wanted them to walk that 
Yes. I wanted that them experience. to feel that. Exactly. We had to turn it into a cultural experience. And modern day people stepped up. Andrew Littlefair got us into the Capitol Grill, okay, for, for the night before the game dinner. We had a senator and a congressman come over and speak Former to the modern team. Day, right, right? Exactly. Yeah. It, it, but that's the power of modern day, but that's also the power of the people who say, we got to show these kids what Washington, D.C. is all about. And then we played the game and we got out of there Saturday. But again, it, it, people that, anybody that, you know, it, it has, has, has the red ass for modern day, I, who cares? Okay, for every one of them, I got 50. Can't beat them, join them. Well, I got 50 monarchs, you know. And, and I think it's interesting, you know, the naysayers, you know, you know, oh, you know, they just got a bunch of great athletes and they pay for them. No, we don't pay for them, okay? The red zone donors who go, Bruce, I back you, okay? Uh, it's time for us to give back for all the sweat equity that you put in to build this power. And I agree with that. And I have to say, you inspired me to help Dan's program go to Louisville, Kentucky last year. Yeah. When we played Assumption and the girls' program knocked off their 68-game winning streak because we he could have been going to the same shit out here, playing the same Southern California schools, but getting that national exposure. Yeah. And I said, that's where you need to take your program. And now he's, I think he's, why well, I can't even say it on this podcast, he's planning a, a, a different trip. <laughs> but see, think about this, Fonger, okay? You're... You you were investing in the girls. It it wasn't you wanted to say, oh, I help finance this, because ten years from now, what's the greatest memory they'll have, is that trip, and the camaraderie, and the memories, and they'll get back together ten years from now, and they're going to talk about that. Isn't that what the high school experience should be? Absolutely. I have chills down my back because when we bought for two months, those girls said. We should be going to Hawaii. Why aren't we going to Louisville? We got to the airport. They're like, I'm kind of getting fired up for this. They got to see the Kentucky Derby at Churchill Downs. They went on a river cruise in Louisville. Some people never, ever go, like you said, yeah. to D.C. or have that experience. Yeah. And and your your counterpart downstairs, Gary, the same way when he takes his kids to New York and Boston because it's that experience. Exactly. But let me tell you this because you hit it right on the dot. And like in any program with donors, people – and you go to business, people buy from who they like, people refer who they like, people will help who they like. Let's be honest, you're 72. A good business owner, if I was AD, I always think about succession planning. And you've talked about this a lot at some of your meetings and Lori's, well, what are you going to do in your life? Gardening your foot, remember last year? <laughs> your foot. But honestly, I if I was a betting man, I'm going to say, two to three more years. No, you hit it on the head. You hit it on the head. It, it, the fire is still there. I can tell you, Fonger, that, that this COVID thing, it, 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 it took a, a lot of, of stress. It took a lot of emotion. This was difficult. And, 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 and this whole uh, abbreviated season has been difficult. You know, it, we're plugged in for 31 years on a schedule that said spring football, summer heat, hot two-a-days, 
some hot early games, but you knew the fall was coming. Right. It, it's just inbreded in you. And all of a sudden, it's Holy Saturday, and I'm coming out of the locker room, and and we're playing our arch-rival Servite, who's, who's loaded. And I'm going, this is weird. This is weird. It, and you're it, on the opposite sideline. Exactly. <laughs> but but the point being, you asked me, okay, yeah. I don't know what the succession plan is. I think I partially block it out of my mind. We're in a transition period here yes. at Modern Day. You know, we, we've got Father Jenkins coming in as the new president. I'm supposedly, quote, unquote, my real job is his assistant <laughs> in fundraising. So it's going to be kind of a, a, it could be a great stimulus as it was years and years ago when Pat Murphy and Father Steve came out to the field and said, okay, we're, re, we're redoing, okay, you're going to fundraising. And, and, and I, I was shocked. I almost resigned, not resigned, but I almost, I, I had a bad feeling. But, but you know what I realized? I wasn't selling vacuum cleaners. The challenge of fundraising for this great high school became a quest of mine because I bleed it. It's what I what I do. And I and I, I was very comfortable asking. And what I realized was there's so many people, even that don't have children at modern day, who believe in Catholic religion, who believe in the mission and the standards of modern day high school. And yeah, some of them had agendas and, and you know, you wrap those lunches up quick and chalked it off to, you know, a nice a nice lunch at Antonello's, but right. we're not going anywhere with that donor. But so many people just literally would say, hey, we're in families would say we're in and it's still the same because we're so lucky to have modern day high school we're so lucky people that jury compost the the francis clares you know the mission of this high school it, it hasn't changed i was fortunate enough to go here <clears throat> and and yeah i'm not embarrassed my dad went to the principal and said okay we got a problem here he had a great freshman year they're counting on him as a sophomore football player I got a young eighth grader coming in and I don't know how I can afford both fortunately there was aid and we got aid yeah. and my sister Marcia graduated from here and we both had great experiences it's the experience I tell people and I said yes modern age known for athletics but I said it's the experience. Yeah. And I think after when you graduate, like, right, the Motherway Foundation's coming up. Yeah. Your friend, my, Michael Motherway, yep. passed away of um, uh, a sad disease. A disease that, that's Parkinson's. Parkinson's. Yeah. Oh, I'm shit. But anyways, I've been there, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that camaraderie of just coming back and being yeah. part of the family. Yep. And, and that's why there's, it's a great institution. But no, it is. It's, it's, but it, it it's not for everybody, you know. It, it, it you have to buy into right. what we believe. Okay, it's not a military school. It's open to anybody and everybody. But yeah, we have a dress code. We have a uniform code. Okay, we have discipline in the classroom. It's fair. It's equitable. But most parents go good, you know. Absolutely. But it's the fit. So going back to this whole theme, and you touched on it at the beginning. 
of finding the right college fit. Yep. Right? Yep. Or let's talk about the next step is, and I don't see it so much maybe in football. The only one that comes to mind maybe is Brew. Yeah. I'm going to talk about transferring because there's a lot of college kids that go to school, right? And then they transfer. And I, I'm thinking, well, did you do your goddamn due diligence? Yeah. Right? Did yeah. you seek out? And you don't go to school. I wouldn't go to high school for the coach. I wouldn't go to college for the coach because once that coach gets fired, where do you want to get your degree from? So touch on that because there are a lot of people that do transfer. Yeah. And I can go off on transfer. <laughs> like suck it up, put your big boy pants on and stick it out. Yeah. Like, what the? What, what, yeah, no. <laughs> the portal is the worst thing that, that ever happened because you and I know drop back down, okay? I mean, I had three of them transfer out of here, you know, and 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 I don't care, okay? It, it, like I told all three, whatever you do, don't transfer to another Trinity school because if you can't play here, you can't play there, you know, and, and let me help you out because I don't care. It, it I don't care about transfers it, coming out of my program because I just know what we have to offer, and they're turning their back on that. Now, flash forward, but see, this this culture has developed where athletes are bouncing around in high school. Now they go to college. Do it's the, the same, same thing. thing. It's the same thing. And it's usually, you know, once in a while there's a legitimate reason. And and let's take out of this. No, yeah, and, and also let's take out the fifth-year kids, okay? okay? Because... Obviously, they have one more opportunity. They, they, they showed allegiance to their college. They got their degree. Now they have the opportunity to go to grad school and also play the great game of football. Why not go to where you might be able to get to a national championship game or you might be able to get because the college that you chose, you had no bones. You laid it on the line every Saturday for them, but they weren't quite going to get to that bigger bowl game. Take those guys out of it. I mean, guys, I get kids that call me, well, I'm thinking about going to the portal. And I go, really? <laughs> I go, what's wrong? Because you know what hangs in the back of all this? They could step off a curb, blow their knee out, and they You're got a... one injury away from never playing exactly. again. I don't care if it's a snap, yep. a free throw, or, or in a set. But do you, okay, because I'm going to say it comes down to parenting. Yeah, no. The, the, yeah. It, it's, the, it's the parents. Yeah, yeah. So what have you seen change from when you first started or when we played to now? I mean, it goes, forget student athlete. It comes just with a student too because they're transferring not only in athletics, but they're transferring normal students in college. What's changed is youth sports in America, Okay. <laughs> let's face it, okay, they're running from club team to club team. They're running from one, uh, uh, you know, football program to another football program. And, and, and daddy thinks I've got the next superstar. Fonger, there, if I ever wrote a book, there are classic examples of dad showing up with kids. And I'll never forget I was sitting at the desk, and, and a guy walked in, and and he said, I know you don't know me, but he said, I'm going to introduce you to the next Matt Grudy Good. And the boy came around the corner, and I'm looking, and I'm going, wow, check this out. And I, I said, sir, 
I said, first of all, okay, you just disrespected one of the greatest players in this high school's history in the football world. I go, he's 15 years old, he's a buck nothing, and why are you doing this to your son? And the guy's glaring at me, and I'm thinking, hey, I'm, I'm on that borderline. <laughs> this guy might come over the you top of the desk. <laughs> and, and literally, he, I go, look at your son right now. His head's down. His eyes are down. He's probably thinking, Dad, I didn't want to do this. I said, listen, he might be a good football player, but this, this you and me, we're not a good fit. We didn't get off to a good start, you know, take, take it on down the road, go find the next player at some other high school. But I, I'm sorry, this is not the place for you. And I've often thought, where is he now? uh, You know, what? I don't want to say schools. He didn't, you know, I I don't even remember his name. I was so shocked and so pissed. Okay. And not because I love Matt Grudy good, but what he did to a 14, 15 year old kid. I mean, would you ever do that to your daughter? Would you ever do that? I would never do that. But but see, as a parent, and I, and I tell this to my friends, because obviously my, my kids are like that. D, I, as a parent, I knew they weren't D1 elite athletes, right? I say, go to modern day, participate in the sport, be part of a winning program, yeah. and be part of the team, because that's going to go longer in life than anything else, because we talked about that one injury away. Right? Yeah, exactly. Julia had a great experience, and now Joshua, like, just be part of something. Yeah. I tell friends that are the ones that aren't getting the financial aid, and I, I, I could say this on my podcast, I go, the, the, my white friends are paying for the, for the, for the color <laughs> people, right? And, but be part of the program. They're going to earn their three stripes. Yeah. Right? And they're going to have the greatest experience. Exactly. And you know what happens, Fong? Ten years from now, they'll show their son when he's, you know, whatever age he is, they'll show him the team picture and they'll say, yeah, I played a lot, yeah. you know, yeah, I, you know, and, and, and then they pray the kid doesn't say, well, is there any video of you right. playing? But we, we start to embellish as yes. adults. But Trotter and Motherway would show the picture. Uh, you, you played Trotter was a player, man. Now, come on. Trotter Trotter was... Re- I coached Trotter. But here's the thing, okay? I see this. Okay, now it's reunion time. 20, yes. 20 years down the road. Where do they go as soon as they get to the reunion? The football players get together. And they and they haven't missed a beat, okay? They're ragging on each other. What you know? What did you do? Buy a you know Dunkin' Donuts place? Christ, you you six hundred pounds. But but they they gravitate towards each other, you know, and, and they sit and do the same thing because those are their brothers. Exactly. That's who they laid it. Yeah, they laid it on the line with those guys. They might have not won a championship, and they might have won a championship, <clears throat> and. That's why I do it, okay? I'm only as good as my last player that buys into the program, okay? It's bigger than the Damani Jacksons and the C.J. Williams and the Bryce. It's bigger than that, okay? It's those other kids 
right now, okay, this week in preparation, okay, for the Santa Margarita game, as I told them Monday, we will win this football game Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and we'll win it with the unselfish players who are going to provide the margarita look. And I respect you guys because Friday night, they don't get any recognition, but they have to prepare the big dogs to win. That's but those are the backbone of your program. Yes. And guess what, Varner? Those are the kids that come back and visit me. Those are, if you look at the alumni, sure, Matt Barkley's going to be at the golf tournament, okay? And he was very generous to the golf tournament. But there'll be 12, 14 other players who didn't play a lot, but they're paying back. They're, you know, they're supporting. They still believe in the mission. And that's the experience. Exactly. That's the exactly. And, and, and you know, we, we, we talk about the the golf tournament coming up, and and you have your game coming up. By the time this podcast drops, I'm actually going to drop it the following week when it's the big <laughs> game, St. John Bosco against your friend Jason. Yeah. Modern day wins if. Modern Day wins if they beat Santa Margarita. My whole focus is on Santa Margarita. Modern Day wins the Bosco game if we're both 4-0. Modern Day wins if we, if we can control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. End of story. They're huge up front. We're huge up front. They return a lot. Yes. Too, oh, yeah. Yeah, we both do. We so, both reload. Coach, I mean, I was sitting there first. Obviously, Maria's a UCLA alum. So I had to watch the game against Gonzaga, and then I sprinted out to get the second half of the game against Servite with uh, Joshua, which was his first football game with his friends. Yeah. Great to have <laughs> the, the yeah, student yeah. body in there. Good old COVID. And, and parents, right? But what I saw was a lot of, I'll tell you this, like it wasn't discipline. I saw a lot of sloppy mistakes in the second half. I'm like, they can't play like that if they want to beat Santa Margarita and Bosco. Exactly. But see... And that was from a fan. Yeah. and and and, But you're also dealing with piece together officiating crews. And you're getting younger guys who... The older guys know, okay, she's going up five levels tonight. Okay? Let's just cut through the chase. Damani Jackson is the number one DB in his class in the yes. nation. T-Mac is the number one receiver in his class in the nation, okay? People pay to go see that matchup. People want to see that matchup. But you have to understand when you've got two thoroughbreds, there's going to be contact. It's not whatever, Calvary Chapel versus Santiago, Right. okay? These are the big boys. This is, going back to your analogy, this is really a college Two college players going against each other. You gotta let them play. Let them play. You gotta let them play. Okay, seven pass interference. Okay. I think one after the other. Yeah. After the other. And, and I saw you on the sidelines, and I'm like, oh, Coach Roll was not happy. No, because I see it every day in practice. I see these top athletes, Kyron going against Damani Kyron, or or CJ going against Cam Sidney. Okay, and they're all four and five star athletes. There's contact, okay? There's competitiveness. And, and, and unfortunately, they didn't dial it up to the next level. And, and 
now you, your average high school crew can't make that transition. And here's the problem. Let's get it on the podcast, okay? If there's anybody out there, start to train to be an official. It's not a bad-paying job. But you need to get more young blood coming up through the pipelines. The old crews that knew how to handle those kind of games, they're fewer and farther in between. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Crews that can go out and say, okay, she's going to be she's gonna be on tonight, okay? I got to let them go. I got 320 pounds going against 300 pounds, okay, battling. If you haven't seen that and smelled that and felt that as an official, you don't know what's so going on. So as a coach, I know – and this podcast is called The Student Manager. I didn't know if you knew, but I was a student manager of our Long Beach State men's basketball team. I love it. So I remember our coach would always look at who's officiating. Yeah, oh, yeah, guy. yeah. Because you know, A, the relationship. But yep. You know what type of game are you going to be able to play physical or they're going to call ticky-tack or yep. whatever it may be. The problem is, you know, I knew – I didn't know who the officials were. <laughs> okay. I'd never met them. That right. never happens. That never How did happens. that conversation go, the introduction of the game? The introduction of the game, I'll give you the perfect example. You know, the guy says, well, we're going to warn them, okay? We'll talk to them. Great, okay? Out comes the flag, okay? On a key third down conversion by Elijah, okay, they call an illegal formation. I'm, I'm going crazy because I know my receivers are disciplined enough to say I'm on, I'm off. And we're going, what that? Uh, finally, the guy on my side, who I think sympathized, who has worked games, by the way, only threw two flags, and they were both right in front of me, and they were both bad decisions by modern day, okay? He comes back and says 75 was in the backfield, and I go, whoa, where's the warning? This, you know, it, it, they told us that they would warn. I, I asked the kid after the play, I go, did Fisher tell you you were getting too far back? And he goes, no, nobody said a word. He goes, and I don't think I was too far back. Well, he was, okay? The point being is that's how you officiate a big-time game. You say, hey, come on, 75, get back up there, get back right, up there, right. okay? That's how – But and I'm told that in the pregame conference. It doesn't happen. It, but you know what? It, it, it was a great football game. Yeah, it was a great football game. It was, and, and I was telling people, I said, you don't understand. I said, Servite has one of the top junior quarterbacks, one of the top junior wide receivers, and they're playing against modern day. They're like, oh, I go, Servite is back. Troy Thomas, yeah, is, yeah, which is great for uh, the league, great for you. You got now Jason, you got Troy. But that's what was fun about last Saturday night. That's what was yeah. fun. It was a Trinity League bloodbath. Except it was April, and now we don't, we can't even think of CIF. I mean, your season will end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the whole COVID part. What's kept you up at night? Um, again, the, the, the emotional strain that was on the kids, the, that, that wore me down because I'm telling them, you know what, Fonger, we're leaders, you and I, right? And the leader had no answers. It was the, I've never been in that position. The leader couldn't solve the problem and it drove me crazy. You know, how many times can you tell people, tell your kids, hang in there, hang in there. Okay, this is what I'm hearing. And then it would change two nights later. It, it, it was exhausting. What keeps me up at night, okay, is we're going to have to spin around 
I don't know how long. I got to get with my medical experts, okay, and say, okay, how long do I rest them for, and when can I start bringing them back up? What's the best plan physically? Emotionally, I think we're past it. You know what I mean? Right. I, I, we're playing in August next year, okay? You know, that, that's, yes. you know. So, but, but now, I usually had January, February, March to get ready for August. I've been playing in those months. Now, it, there's a whole new dynamic to this thing. Because if I come on too strong too early, I burn them out. And I'm now, now they're susceptible to injury. So you've got to build the race car to race in late October, November, and December. Yeah, you want to peak. Exactly. Late, late exactly. And I know how to peak when I have a it's normal new, season. Coach. It's all new. And it's all new to the experts. And it's new to everybody. I, I, yeah. It's crazy. This is going to mean a lot to you because I look at my mentors. Matter of fact... I had to wait. Seth Greenberg, he's a college basketball analyst. On yeah, oh yeah. He was my coach. Yeah. And his daughter's getting married. And he called me on Monday. He goes, you haven't, you haven't sent in your invitation. Well, I was waiting because we're doing all kinds of stuff. Joshua has basketball. We're traveling to visit Sophia, Julia. I said, coach, I will be there. Maria won't be there. And then he got her other coach to call me and we're, we're going so I look and I appreciate my mentors who, who, who brought me to where I am, where I've learned a lot, uh, to who I am today because they didn't have to give me a scholarship yeah. at Long Beach State. And I know Dick Corey was one of yeah. your biggest mentors and yeah. you played in that era. And just a lot of people don't know who he is. Or it, share, I mean, they know the role. Yeah, it, 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 think about this. He, he only lost three football games in 10 years. Three football games. <laughs> You know, I mean, people go, oh, yeah, Rollins has won 300 games. Okay, <laughs> Coach's record is is pretty incredible. And and you know what, Fong? It, 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 in COVID, he passed. And we didn't get to honor him the correct way. And I'm hoping that, you know, and I know that some of the older alumni and some of my teammates – you know, we're figuring out a way to pay the due respect to our great coach. You know, we will get a plaque up somewhere in Alumni Plaza or wherever the school deems to be appropriate. The the thing, you, you never forget. I mean, when I had the opportunity to play for coach, you know, I watched his energy and I watched his organization and I was part of that. Um, the man was a powerful, powerful Catholic, powerful Catholic. And and back then we used to do things during Lent and that's what I was talking to Tim O'Hare about because Tim's dad was was another one of my mentors, Joe O'Hara, mm -hmm. and and him and Dick were, were, were closest friends. And I don't know if you know the story. Joe O'Hara, when Coach took the Cal State Fullerton program, they won a huge game. They were coming on strong at the back end of the season. They won a huge game in San Diego, which was a complete upset, surprising to everybody except Dick Corey. He sent three of his assistants to San Luis Obispo for a night game, and the plane crashed in Joe. And that rocked Coach. It rocked, it rocked the community. It rocked modern day uh, because the O'Hara family is a legacy family. Yes, they are. And, and 
you know, but you're asking about mentors. I remember, uh, you know, I, I, I said to, to Coach Corey, we were getting ready for the CIF championship game. And I said, Coach, I go, I was as nervous, you know, as, as anybody, you know. And, and I said, do you get nervous? And he said, it's anxiety, son. It, it, it's anxiety. He goes, but he goes, there's a difference, nerves, anxiety. But he goes, I want you to remember something. Never fear anything. Have confidence in yourself. Have confidence in your ability and have confidence in your brothers, but never fear anything. And I've used that so many times, and 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 that was planted in my head by by a, a, a head football coach, and then his model of of Catholicism. You know, yeah, I'm not the holiest guy in the world in the sense, but but he taught us the power of praying. He just said, just pray. And and, 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 and and at first I go, oh, yeah. and he goes, no, no. He goes, just hit your knees. And he told the team, and he told me, he'd always say to me, are you still praying, Bruce? You know, I mean, it was reinforced when he was in his 80s. And it was simple, you know, because I, I, I went to him and I said, Coach, I, I go, I'm struggling. How many Hail Marys do I do? And he goes, no. <laughs> he goes, no, 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 it's not Hail Marys. He goes, just hit your knees at night, okay, review your day. Make sure you got it. Make amends if you if you needed to, and ask and thank. And in the morning, hit your knees. Oh, you don't even have to hit your knees. You can do it when you're coming to school, but say, give me the strength to handle today. And 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 now I'm 17 years old, and I'm walking out of the room going, eh, I think I know what he's talking about, but I'm not sure. Sure enough, you know, it 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 was it was built into me. Is it amazing some of the the little quotes? Or your players will walk away yeah. like rock and roll, baby. Or the quotes that your mentors yeah. and coaches gave you. Mine, and I don't know if you use this one, and I, I tell it to my kids all the time. When I was at Long Beach State, my coach always says, nothing good happens after midnight. Yeah. Right? That's the one. And my kids say that one. Or yeah. we talk about how, and I don't know if you break it up into like your seasons, but in college basketball, we had the preseason season and post-tournament, post the NCAA tournament. He always just told our team, break break the season up yeah. in three or, or break each 20-minute quarters into yeah. five-minute halves. Do you, do you kind of have that? We sure do. One play at a time, okay? You can't look back and you can't look ahead. You have to play within the moment, and that's very big in modern-day football. Play within the moment. And then the other word that I use a lot, I used it last night to beat the band. I said, you got two opportunities left. Take advantage of the opportunity. Don't let this opportunity slip by. It's an opportunity. What you do with the opportunity, you control. Okay, The opportunity does not control you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Coach, we could talk forever. Bonger, man. We were fired up, weren't we? Right? <laughs> I mean, we there's so many avenues, and that's why I love how you have your podcast or with with Turn uh, on yeah. TV, and you talk different things. But this really, I, I appreciate you being a guest because I wanted you to share your experiences. Not only people want to hear about modern yeah. football and the legend and 300 wins and everything and some stories, but really the search and admission process. And as we close, I mean, what's the one advice? that if a kid was listening or a parent was listening, 
what would you tell them? Establish a plan and follow the plan. Visit the plan often. Are you staying with the plan? Do you know that we kids don't know about a planning organization books? They don't know about daily planners, you know? And I try to tell them, look, it's all in front of you, but you've got to write it down and and you have to look back. Okay, am I following my plan? It's like in re- rehabilitation, okay? What are you doing to get better, to get back on the court, back on the football field? But I think my number one piece of advice is establish a plan and follow that plan. Make adjustments to the plan as you go, but never hit the plan in a bad way, okay? You can't get a D or an F if you're going to go to college. That's in your control. And again, you map it out and then you follow the plan. You heard it. You heard it from Coach Rawlinson, <laughs> one of my favorites. I think this fall or forward, we have legends here. We, not? we have yeah. KK, we have Rollo, we have Gary, we have Coach, Coach Odell's like, Serious. <laughs> but and I said, hey, you know you have 300 wins, just like Rollo. He goes, yeah, but remember, I played 35 games a season. <laughs> well, I wish you luck. I the rest appreciate. Of the season. Thank you. Got to run this back. Thank you. Right? You're gonna have like some. Maybe we'll bring on some of your former players, like Trotter or someone, and just talk about. No, tell stories, right? baby. Stories yeah. is the best. Yeah. Episode number 65 of the Student Manager. Bonger News out. Should we hear it one more time? Rock and roll, baby. Crushed it.